and welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Corish-Cole. This week, I'm joined by Lou Huff, Laura Black and Adiola Boyega. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So, if you've not been watching, listening, reading, then you might have missed that Adiola is now a Sherlock's contributor, which is very exciting. So excited. And she's here for her first podcast. Yes, ever. ever? With Sherlock's. Oh, I'm thrilled <laughs> we're your first. Anyway, well, it's all very relaxed. It's Monday morning. The sun is shining. I feel like everyone's in quite a good mood for yeah. Monday today. And everyone looks lovely in the office. All of you are wearing your summer dresses. Well, you too, I you know. too. We're sitting very, we're the most spaced apart I've ever been for a... Podcast, I think. Anyway, how were everyone's weekends? Adiola, I'm going to start with you. What were you up to? So I was in Germany last week for a whole week. You were? Yeah. So we're doing trainings because we're going to be launching in Germany Pat McGough Labs, which is super exciting. So I did about three cities, Frankfurt to Hamburg to Munich, then back to London. So you are the national educational makeup artist manager for Pat McGrath. Yeah. Who is just amazing, amazing. I have to say, if people aren't really that familiar with Pat McGrath, then there's an amazing Desert Island Discs podcast that she did. It's excellent. She's amazing. And so you train all her makeup artists in the UK so they're up to date with the latest trends, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And now we're expanded into Europe, which is super exciting as well. And how was Germany? It was good. I mean, I didn't get to see much of Germany because we were literally like, you know, traveling and then going from city to city, but it was a really nice experience. And to meet everybody, that's so excited for Pat to be launching over there as well. And what are you doing? Recruiting makeup artists to be on counter? Recruiting, but also training, because obviously the different stores that they're going to be going into. So obviously they work across different brands, so letting them know about who Pat McGrath is, you know, showcasing the brand, selling it to the brand, to all of them and letting them I know. Mean, you could tell me anything. <laughs> Adiola is so bloody beautiful. I'm literally sitting here on a Monday morning. <laughs> and look at you, just Thank you. glowing, glowing. That skin of yours, I'm in awe. Anyway, so you've been in Germany. Yeah. And how was coronavirus in Germany? What did it, it was feel good. Like? Everyone was wearing their masks, obviously practicing social distancing. So yeah, it felt like being here, but in another country. I think because obviously I had my work mode on, it wasn't like I was there to kind of like holiday, mm. but everyone was really respectful of space and, you know, it was literally just like being in the UK. So it was fine. And you're allowed now to be a makeup artist again, aren't you? Yeah. So services are back open, which is so exciting because after months of not being able to do anything, you know, I was really having itchy fingers, but yeah, yeah it's great now. Uh, Laura, how was your weekend? <laughs> Mine was good. Mine was a tale of two halves. So one oh, of my great <laughs> friends has moved out of London, oh. which is really sad. So we went to stay with them. and The world and his wife has moved out of London. I, oh. mean, <laughs> <laughs> I know they did it pre-lockdown and they nailed their timing and their setup is literally the dream. Really? Yeah, it was just insane. But on the way back, our car broke down oh, no. and yeah, six hours waiting for the AA. Two hours to get home because those pickup trucks only yeah. go at 50 miles an hour. Oh my, yes. God. Oh my God. With and three where were you waiting? On the side of the motorway? No, we weren't. So thankfully we were in, we beamed for this walk and then Ed reversed and it, yeah. Anyway, something went wrong. We'd had it in last week for a service and they hadn't reattached something properly. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Anyway. And I had a lot to do yesterday afternoon, which is why we left in the morning to get back. And I didn't get back until and Where's your compensation for that? Mm. Well, and, and will they own up for it? And they're really helpfully closed on a Monday. So oh. 
as you can imagine, tension was. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, poor you, three children. Yeah, that long. and two of them were ill, and yeah. Anyway, it's fine. They were home and in bed by quarter to nine, so it wasn't too bad. But oh I was, god, yeah. like the anxiety as a mother on a Sunday night. <laughs> where... Yeah, oh I think I handled it quite well, but. It pushed me. Testing. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. My whole family were in bed at 8.30 last night. Like the whole house. Dream. I mean, that's all you want on Sunday night. Absolutely. 8.30 with my book. Oh, a bar. Yeah. And a book. <laughs> and I was tucked out. It was absolute bliss. I had 10 hours sleep. Oh, so nice. Okay, well, I wasn't. Um, poor you. Lou, what about you? We went back to Bristol for the weekend. We thought we were going to be very delayed because there was a Pilar rice village on the M4. Um, <laughs> Niche. <laughs> I mean, who announces that? So I was going to say, we thought it was a joke. Um, but yeah, it, it was, was not Pilau, that smarty. Not, not it was smarty. <laughs> exactly, it was Pilau. How weird is that? Anyway, we got back fine. And then on Sunday, we went to Time for my boyfriend's dad's 60th birthday. Oh. And it was heaven. We sat outside. Um, Time is a hotel in the Cotswolds. Yeah, the most gorgeous, um, gorgeous hotel in the little town of Southrop. It was like being in the south of France. It was stunning. The wow. gardens are gorgeous around there. Oh, yeah, we had a really lovely lunch outside in the garden and went for a little walk around. Mm. And actually, on the subject of podcast, shout out for the founder of Time, who is the most wonderful lady. And yes. I actually interviewed her on our Success Stories podcast, Karen. She's just, yeah. she's lovely. She's really cozy. And yeah. so, yeah, that's another one. But yeah, we went about 18 months ago and I didn't even finish the garden. I was still kind of changing a few bits. But the grounds are just it's so idyllic. beautiful. And if you wow. want a little bit of a holiday retreat, then a staycation at time is, yeah, definitely not to be missed. I'd like to be by their pool today. Yeah. It's 30 degrees in London today. You and Laura are both in a white dress. Adele, you're, you've got your legs out and I'm in a summer <laughs> dress. I mean, I was just saying the alcohol consumption is going to be high <laughs> yeah, this rose, week. I'm day. banned until Thursday. Ooh, so I just feel like last week... It's getting cold next week and I feel yeah. like you need to... I know. Treat yourself. Yeah. It's about to change. I'm doing good. Anyway, yeah. It's quite nice. I'm quite grateful. I know we're all desperate to get into our... Adiola's nodding. I know she loves a blazer too. But I know we're all desperate to get into our autumn winter clothes. Mm, Yes. But we have long winters in the UK. Mm, So I'm kind of like, let's just Mm. calm down, put those boots away. Yeah. Just... But also it's a little bit frosty in the morning, but then by lunchtime it's absolutely roasting. Mm. So I think you've got to like think carefully about your wardrobe choices. Yeah. Yeah. Before you rush in. Uh, so I was tucked up in bed with my Nicholas Coleridge, The Glossy Years, which I'm loving, which I've talked about in my editor's letter, so I won't bang on about it. But anyway, it's a great read if you're interested in the... Yes, please. Hate it. I know you're, you'll <laughs> love it. There are a few people in the office, I was like, you've got to read this. And he's a real kind of stereotypical English gent, but he's very funny. And if you're at all interested in the kind of old days of print publishing, then it's it's just so entertaining. It's a real page turner. Laura, are you reading anything? I'm not at the moment. I wish I had time to read. Oh, I don't no. know how you fit it in. Well <laughs> I mean, that's why I was so lovely to be on holiday. I read um that cruel dad's one. Or oh, is that good? Yes. I can't remember the title. Where the cruel dad sing. sing. Thank you. It is really good. And it's been talked about loads on the podcast, so we won't talk about it again. But, it but is sometimes really you need a good one and then that gets you back into the swing of reading, yeah. doesn't it? And then you're back on a roll. You're so right. I really just love, 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 but I had to make such an effort mm. to read it. But anyway, we, it's been talked and talked. I mean, the whole world has read this book. Have you read it? No. no. not read it yet. No. I no. feel like I put it on my Instagram. I had, I mean, I promise you I had about 80 messages. Yeah, I've had the same. It's oh. really good. It's so different. Anyway, but you're right. It's got me back into reading. Anyone reading anything of note? No. 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 Watched a film though. It was really good. What did you watch? So it was a film with a guy called 
old as Hodge. Um, he's very easy on the eye. So that was like <laughs> the initial reason why I watched it. But it was a really good film based on a true story. Um, a gentleman that was falsely accused of rape and he was an American football player. And it's basically his story about how he was trying to get his life back on track and prove his innocence. Really, really gripping. Really good. I've heard of that. Called the Brian Banks movie. Yes, I've yeah. heard. It, that looks really good. It's really, really good. It's on Netflix. It's is really it new? Good. I think it is relatively new. I wasn't going in there with the intention to watch. My mum put it on and it was amazing. Oh. Like I literally watched it from start to finish. Really gripping. Good. Yes, I must watch that. Uh, Lou, what are you watching? I finally watched Emma. Has anyone seen that yet? I haven't watched it. No. I was disappointed. I, th- I feel like I've heard that too. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. Really, really beautiful. You've watched it, I'm sure, Georgie. Emma? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jane Austen. Yeah. Yeah. The, the new one. Pretty sure you went to the cinema to watch yeah. it. Yeah. Or was that Little Women? Yeah, I was just about to say, because they Little were on about at the same time. Yeah. Little Women. Emma, straight over my head. Uh, well, <laughs> really, really beautiful, but Little Women far surpassed it. I don't know. It's a bit boring. And in my head, I was just watching Clueless play out. Yeah. <laughs> Shame. In my head, I can't get past Gwyneth Paltrow playing Emma. I mean, she was just like... The dream. The mm. dream with Jeremy Northam. Alan Cumming, that was such a great movie. Mm. You were just saying about how much you loved Brian Prejudice. Do you love the film or the original TV series? Or oh, the original TV series. Oh my God. It's the best. Other than Jane, you had a really thick neck. Yes. <laughs> I also, I still got it. I've got, and they came in videos. Oh my God, that was how big the video box was. It was huge. Oh it was my two. God. It was so good. Did you ever watch the old Pride and Prejudice? Never. What year did it come out? Like 1992 yeah. or something. I mean, it was God. so good. So Emma, Emma's not got your thumbs up. I, I'm yeah. on, we all need some, we need some new TV mm, inspiration yeah. now that we're not allowed to go anywhere. Yeah. This new rule of six. It's quite confusing. I saw a diagram this morning that was explaining the rules broken down into England, Wales, Scotland. Scotland. And I thought England was six in a house. And if you all lived together, you couldn't have anyone else. It is. Yeah. But it said you could have six people from different houses. No, you can't have six. You no. can. You can just never be in more than a group of six. Yes. But they can be from... They can, they can be from It could be six houses. individual people from different houses. So in order for you to have five other people from five other houses, the five other people from your house need to leave your house. Is that for real? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So you can, only, no... you can only ever be in a group of six. So I can't have... Uh, my mum can't come around. Nope. I better ring her up because she can't come around. She's coming around to drop off a cardigan. But I thought children that. under 12 were... Exam. Not no, in, in Wales not in and Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And I think they're trying to lobby to get it approved in England as well, but I, I think it's going nowhere. It's ridiculous. Did you this weekend feel like it was kind of like we actually had a couple of families for lunch mm. and then another family <laughs> popped in and anyway, we were kind of like, oh well, it's all changing on Monday. We might as well make the most of it. Did you feel a bit like that this weekend? We actually went out for dinner on Friday night and we were literally packed in like sardines. Like there was no social distancing. It's like, how is that? Okay. Okay. We also went out to dinner on, on Friday night with our children. Okay. And we said exactly the same. I mean, there was a table literally, We, I mean, she was practically mm. sitting on my lap. She was so close. How is that? Okay. But like you, my mom can't come to our house. Also, don't know what the rule is here, but what if my children are sleeping? So they're in ah. the house. I need some details here. I know. I don't think anyone knows. Adiola, how do you feel about it? It's just really confusing. And also if you've got things that are pre-booked and planned, like how do you navigate around that? Mm-hmm. Like I was meant to go cocktail making with my friends, but do we say, oh, well, you can't come now because yeah. <laughs> it was only meant to be like a party of like, I don't know, a couple yeah. of like, you know, 
Yeah, you have a party of yeah. eight. You then have to ditch two friends. <laughs> well, my husband actually said he's quite rushed about these things. He actually said, "I don't think it's a big deal. There's not a huge amount you can't do now. They're just trying to limit." Mm-hmm unnecessary contact is probably what we should have done in the first place Mm. and he said you can still go to a restaurant you can still whatever and I said fine but just this nonsense of that we're six people in the house with three young children and no one else can yeah cross the because it's much safer for you to have somebody come to your house and I know we've got to get the economy going hence the restaurant situation but surely there's got to be a bit more distancing in restaurants going forward yeah Basically, no one has a bloody clue whether they're coming or going and what <laughs> yeah. they're supposed to do. It's absolute chaos, the whole thing. I mean, not like the government know what to do and anyone's ever been no. in this situation before. Totally. A little more clarity might be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And this nonsense of the fact that, you know, the average household in the UK is probably X amount of people. And to then say that children are included does seem yeah. nuts. But hopefully someone will come to their senses and yeah. make some changes. What about travel? Has anyone got travel booked? I haven't, actually. We looked at booking for... October half term in the UK, literally (laughs) impossible, extraordinary. Yeah, like nowhere. Everything's right. Adiola, you've been to Germany. How was the flight for you? I've just been abroad as well, actually, on a plane. Which, again, when you think about this nonsense of six people in a house, including your children, and you've been on an aeroplane and sat with someone right next door to you, or queued up to get through security, which was an absolute bum fight when we went. Yeah. It does all seem a bit mental. Exactly. How was it traveling to Germany back? I mean, it was fine because we were in business class. So you have that sort of like gap in between. And I was flying with a colleague. But, you know, if you're in an economy, you're sitting right next to somebody. Even if you have a mask, it's still exactly the same sort of thing. So there's a lot of, you know, confusion, I think, especially with this rule. And then you get on a flight, and you're sat right next to somebody that you don't know. Oh, <laughs> and God. we weren't tested once in terms of like temperature, like, nothing so how are you meant to know whether anyone mm. has symptoms or anything like that because there's no tracking take responsibility for yourself yeah. yeah beware the paperwork people i yeah. mean someone warned me about the paperwork yeah. leaving the country so yeah. we've done the paperwork leaving the country then there's something that you um, yeah. do when you come back oh my god well, that form <laughs> yeah that form no one had told us about yeah. we did something at the check-in desk in Sicily, we arrive back to Heathrow, we get to immigration, and the man goes, have you got your locator form? And I was like, no. And he goes, well, you might want to fill it out. If you look at that sign, you'd have seen that there's a form in there. And I went, okay. I said, well, I didn't know. There's no need to take that tone with me. My husband was like, hon, don't have a fight with the guy on immigration. <laughs> He's got quite a lot of power. I was like, I know, but I don't also, need to comment. He's probably got quite a tough job at the moment. Yeah. But do you know, there were, no one had filled in the bloody form. There yeah. were people all over the place filling in these forms. I was like, clearly the communication is not very strong because no one else has filled out this form and I don't need him having a go at me. I've got three children and I'm in a mask and it's bloody hot anyway. So do your form on the way in because yeah. it's a quite seriously a long, long form. form. Yeah. He was like, oh, it takes 10 minutes. It's like, 10 minutes? I'm quick at these things. I mean, it does take about yeah. 10 minutes. It's confusing as well, because they'll ask you, like, where are you staying? I'm like, in my house. Like, it's, I totally yeah. agree. Yes, and then they're yes. like, what's your second address? Yeah. It's like, my second address. Am I allowed? <laughs> I've, only, I've address? only got one home. <laughs> <laughs> but also, are you allowed a second address? Yeah. I was like, I thought you want me to stay in my house. It really, I felt like I was doing something really cryptic. <laughs> yeah. So travel, would you, having done it now, would you continue to travel? I think a lot of people haven't traveled, haven't been on the plane and kind of terrified about it. Yeah, Having done it, would you do it again? I mean, 
I really want to go on holiday, but I don't know if I would be able to deal with like having to social distance and all of that whilst on holiday. It's a lot to think about, especially filling in the forms and making sure that you're prepped. It kind of takes the fun out of it. Mm. I think it's different when you're working because you know you have a job to do and you're going there to do a job and then you come back. I have to go back to Germany in October. So yeah, I'm in two minds now. I really wanted to go on holiday, but going on, going away for work has maybe changed my mind a little bit. I do think though, the, the travel is the worst but, I mean, Laura, you've driven to France, as have I. Yeah. Which is fine. They're pretty strict about masks. The aeroplane thing is not particularly nice. It's not. Mm. But actually, I, as I said, just been to Sicily. And once we were in the hotel, and it was quite a spacious hotel, there was a couple of things. It was the same hotel we'd been to. It was a place called Vajura in Sicily. We were there last year, and they do really nice kind of family buffet evenings. And they didn't have those this year. And breakfast is usually, I mean, I love a buffet breakfast. I mean, I love my family, I mean, we are up and down, up and down like yo-yos. I mean, <laughs> breakfast is quite a big part of my day. And it's now a la carte, which is, for me, slightly disappointing. <laughs> I to go up. You need your six courses. And then I go, yeah, can I have quite a lot of watermelon? And they bring you like eight pieces. I'm like, ooh, 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 can we have that times four? You know, we are a family of five. We all like it. And they sort of, you're like, really, really? Um, judge you. <laughs> but having actually been to a hotel, that was bliss. Did you have to wear a mask in the kind of public areas? No, no we didn't have to. You had to wear a mask if you went into the kids' club, but the children didn't have to wear them. Mm. So that was the only place in the hotel where you had to have one on inside and then the staff wore them. And it was lovely. I would say my experience is to go. Mm. It's just the traveling is not very yeah. nice. We haven't been away yet and we're really hoping to be able to go to Italy but I feel like maybe now we've missed the boat I feel like everything is shutting down a bit. shutting down again mm-hmm. and there's an Instagram account I follow where it's kind of got like a sort of traffic light um, system of the country so you can kind of see wherever that everyone is kind of on that radar and pretty much everyone is now in the red or on the amber so you're sort of watching to see how things are going so no, I just we don't so know we didn't go like the night before yeah I mean, we so my husband is an accountant and he was like literally doing spreadsheets modeling the number to try and predict what the yeah. r rate would be and whether italy was going to go into that yeah or, but it didn't but yeah now it's not looking so, so yeah i don't know whether we've missed missed the boat i think the people that went away probably end of june start of july are laughing yeah. right now yeah. we might not be going on holiday but we are back to work we're back in the office it's really nice to be back in the office we're doing three days a week which feels like you know an, a nice adjustment i think i feel like lunch is a bit of a weird thing right now in the office Lou's nodding yeah because everything in the kitchen is sort of taped up. So it's there's kind of a bit of a conundrum. I feel like more than ever, I need to bring my lunch in. What about you? Yeah, completely agree. This, the first couple of days were a really weird adjustment, I think, as well, where we've been working from home and been quite used to sort of making your lunch, sitting down, knife and fork, and it being a little bit more of a formal, like a real treat lunch. Um, also having a proper lunch. Yeah, exactly. I'm a real picker at the office. Yeah. And now... Suddenly I'm like, what am I going to have for lunch? Exactly. And I think the first couple of days I literally got home and I was so, so hungry because pretty much all we could do was pick. You're right, because you, it's not that you can make a proper lunch or... Also, I've loved having a proper lunch. Yeah, like I've, yeah me too. I've really adjusted my eating patterns from having more for supper and not that much for lunch yeah. to having like a proper lunch and much less in the evening. I yeah. felt so much better for it. Yeah, 100%. So yeah, I think that... I now think I really need to up my game and bring my lunch in. But we also need to remember knives and forks. Washing like up, that, please. Washing up. So, yeah. Anyway, we wrote a feature on the site, which was homemade lunches to take to the office. Adiola, was your lunch regime? Very bad. 
because I'm always on the go. But I'm, I kind of agree with you guys that when it was lockdown and working from home, it was such a nice treat to sit down and actually plan what you were going to have. And then now I'm in this whole conundrum of like eating on the go because I'm so busy. So having yeah. a proper healthy salad. Yeah. yeah. That was so nice. I also like you like to snack. Whereas I think because my husband was at home too, he was, he very much, he works like clockwork, which was a real revelation for me actually. Yeah. It was like breakfast. And then at 1030, it was like, okay, it's coffee time. Oh, really? And then it was lunch. And then also he can go from lunch until supper with nothing. Same. So oh, can mine. My but mine eats so much for lunch. He's so slow at making his lunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis is the same. I also said to him, now we're working from home. Um, is there anything you've learned about me like during this time? And he was like, you snack so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if that's a male, female thing. My husband, though, I mean, I think he's also realized what I achieve in a day versus what he achieves in a day. I mean, 100%. We have a sort of double study. So we worked side by side, not down. He's like, holy shit. I think he was quite shocked at the like at the pace that we are going and the amount of calls I'd had by this time. But Sorry. it's a different kind of work, isn't it? And, and I thought the same. Like, they're all about a phone call and an email. Whereas with us, I was saying to Lou quite a lot during lockdown, I feel like I live in a race sometimes. It's yeah. almost like, how quickly can I get that task done so I'm on yeah. to the next? It was just keep going, keep going, keep going. And also trying to write an email so quickly before someone's chased you. Ch- reply to that email. <laughs> Josie's lit- rereading me, still mm. writing, you know, and occasionally he'll sort of help me with something. And I'm like, oh, hon, I don't need to write. I really, I, this is not, you know, the Magna Carta. This is a quick bosh out. Can you read it over? He's still reading over. And then he goes to make his lunch. He's boiling eggs. He's toasting seeds. He's doing all this. I mean, I have, I'm in and out of the kitchen with my lunch in 10 minutes. Gone. So Most nice. of the time it's back upstairs next to my computer. I mean, he's still cooking eggs. It is so eye-opening. <laughs> One of my favorite moments, George, is when I was on a call to you and you were like, Jonesy, how long is it going to take you to take a piece of chewing gum? <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> and there was obviously like, a, I don't know, a little pot next to you. He was wrapping around the pot. I mean... <laughs> He got in trouble a few times. That time is why you measured out your snacks and he came and took a house. Oh, that's so annoying. Yeah. He'll come and help himself. I'm like, oh my God, that's beyond annoying because I've got... Go downstairs and get that five. Go and get your own. I've also got the right ratio of hummus to carrots and he just delved in there. With like, oh. Anyway, Poor Jonesy. Poor Jonesy, sorry. We're going to talk about beauty. We've got you here, Adiola. So we've got to talk about beauty. We're going to talk about concealer. Yes. I am all ears. Yeah. I think I do it in the wrong order. Okay, how do you do it? Can you just give me an order of... It depends on your placement. So I would normally say, put your foundation on first. Uh Uh-huh. And then obviously see where you need the concealer. Because I think when you put the concealer on first, there's a tendency that you use too much. Right. And also, you're going to buff in your foundation. You're going to move the coverage of the concealer. Okay, good. Yeah, I would say that's the best way. Yeah, I'm pleased. So go in with your foundation first and then go in with your concealer. The only way that would be different is if, for example, you're color correcting. So for example, if you have pigmentation, Uh you want to even out with like a peachy tone, you know, concealer or a different tone of concealer color to even out the complexion first and then you can go in with your foundation afterwards. Okay, that makes sense. So (laughs) evening color, evening out first. Yep. If you're covering a spot or whatever, then you do it after. After, yeah. And what do you do it with? Do you use your fingers? Do you use your brush? It depends. I mean, I think with your fingers, because you have a natural warmth in there, you're going to 
melt the product into the skin so you get more of a sheer application okay if you use a brush that would be more of like a medium coverage that's really good if you're covering a spot or a blemish okay and if you're looking for fuller coverage maybe like go for a sponge a sponge applicator would be great okay and in terms of the actual product and its consistency mm-hmm. what do you rate there's quite a few creams yeah like with a stick in them what do you yeah. call that like a wand. twist up one or a wand yeah like yeah. one I, I've come across there's a new deal one, deal one mm-hmm. that I use too it's insane isn't it oh. I've written it down yeah what's it called forever skin glow but I don't know if it's classified as a concealer or a foundation because it feels like a concealer because you take it out on a wand yeah. like you would a concealer and then yes. I do a few dots and then brush it excellent it gives you quite amazing. full amazing mine leaks a bit though oh Does yours not? No. Okay, maybe I've just got a dodgy one. On that note, though, with the wands, Rodial have got a diamond. It's called the diamond concealer or something. And that's similar Mm. method functionality. And I've been finding that excellent because you do get a bit more coverage. What's your preferred... I don't really mind. I mean, I'm more about the finish of it and what it's going to do coverage wise. So for example, you get very sheer ones. If you don't really like wearing a lot of heavy foundation, that's quite lovely. And if you're looking for fuller coverage ones, ones with a really good like applicator, like a dofa applicator. So you can get a dofa applicator. So, you know, you have the little extension, like the brush. It's got like that little like dofa shape. And then you can like literally just press spongy. it. Spongy. Yeah, like a spongy one. Oh, so that's yeah. what I mean. That's what the deals got. And yeah. the radio, a dofa. Yeah. So would you good. say a wand is better than finger application? Yeah, I mean, no, because sometimes with a bacteria, you know, if you're like yeah. going over that area all the time, it's not great. It's preference. I think that's what the key thing is. But if you're looking for targeted application, that's a bit more coverage. Yeah. Having like a, you know, a dofa applicator or a sponge is really good because you can target it and really like, precisely apply but on the that area doesn't blend it in do you no, you yeah. no. put the product on your face exactly and then you need a finger or a or sponge sponge to apply it with okay. yeah exactly okay yeah. and um, what about putting it on before you rub it in so kind of letting it set for a bit Is i there, do that you do yeah it depends if you're wanting more coverage that's a good tip to do but if okay, you're wanting okay. to like make it quite sheer then just go straight in i like and it yeah. to move so i yeah. feel like i have to work fast quite yeah. quickly i tell you what i use a touche claire mm-hmm under my eyes yeah. now i know that lots of people say you shouldn't do that and it's actually more of a highlighter than a concealer but if you're looking for brightness then we're better to use it than under the eyes really that. that's yeah. okay absolutely okay yeah. so i swear by tushika under the eyes and tushika is quite light yeah. isn't it yeah. so yeah. i do let it sit on my skin for a minute mm-hmm. just so it's not quite so wet and then i think you get better coverage but i've been using the dior under my eyes i quite like it yeah i think it because i i find tushika really drying Whereas I find the steel one just amazing. Yeah. It's just not drying at all. Lots of love for the deal. Yeah. <laughs> and when you've got a really, really, really bad spot, yeah. I love a stick because, yeah. you know, ain't anything that's going to cover it as well as a really good stick. Yeah. Would you agree with that? What advice would you give to people who've got like, you know, when it's a really chronic one, it's so depressing, isn't it? <laughs> Again, I always say skin prep because there's nothing worse than when you have like dry textured skin around a spot to go straight in with any type of concealer. It will only make it look worse. But we all think you've got to dry it out, yeah. you've got to dry it out, don't you? Exactly. And then you put makeup on top of it it just makes it look worse mm-hmm. that you can see the texture around the actual spot so yeah like a stick concealer is amazing because then you can just like dab it on and then you can build the coverage but you can also do that with like a liquid concealer like a cream based one and then okay. just set it with a bit of powder afterwards a bit of powder on yeah. top that's key isn't always it? key yeah and as the day goes on can you go over the top should you wipe it off if you've got a really bad spot you're taking mm. that concealer to work with you yeah i certainly am yeah um can you just keep topping it up or should yeah. you wipe it off 
No, I would say you can keep topping it up, definitely. Okay. And also, I really love to use a sponge applicator because I feel like with a sponge, you're not disturbing the makeup so much. You can just like dab over. Dab it. Exactly, and go in. It's I like a beauty blender is really good. Yeah. I need to get in on the sponge. A sponge is really quite good. nice because you can really clean them, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just bought the <laughs> She's <end>. so anal. <laughs> oh, you can clean it up in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I saw a squeegee with Rich. Rich and I were filming last week. We were standing outside uh, Bash and someone was cleaning the windows. I was like, oh, Laura would approve. It's an <laughs> excellent <a> technique. <laughs> Sorry. I just bought the It Cosmetics brush cleaner and I do not clean my brushes as regularly as one should. <laughs> but it was so satisfying yeah. doing it and you realise how much kind of how much product it just is that kind of sits the on same there. one that becky had here no 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 different to that i mean that one was incredible i bought that during lockdown yeah. did you i had such fun yeah, yeah. The spinner. yeah. oh, oh the they're pro, great yeah the do you know what those so are good. Good. yeah they're they really, really good it's called the pro brush cleaner yeah yeah, yeah and then you attach it and then it literally like spins it's like a car wash for yeah <laughs> it's like a car wash for your brushes that's such a good analogy isn't it yeah amazing no my brushes that there is kind of funny shapes they wouldn't sit in the okay in the plastic so yeah, the cosmetics one, you just kind of spray it on yeah. and then wipe uh, it off. It smells amazing and it's collagen infused. So I was like, great news. Great, <laughs> <laughs> right, that. And in terms of what you spend on a concealer, you know, there are certain products where you can say, right, it's worth spending a bit more. Would yeah. you say concealer is one of those things or does it not really matter? I don't think it really matters. There's some great drugstore alternatives that, you know, do great concealers. Mm. I think, again, it's down to preference and what you're looking for. But yeah, shop around and try and figure out the finish that you're looking for as well. Like if you Mm. want more of a liquidy one, there's some great drugstore alternatives that you can use that work really, really well. And it's how you apply it. I think that makes the biggest difference. Reminds me of being a teenager and buying my first concealer it was like a rimmel lipstick you know those ones. and it was like a pale color on the yeah. top with like the brown yeah, yeah, yeah exactly that's it um, i'd say i as anyone who knows um who follows me will know that i i was without my luggage for a while on holiday yeah. shall we say what did you do all the people to lose their luggage <laughs> so we nearly didn't go on holiday and the night before i didn't really want to go i was really worried about this r8 i said to my husband i was like i cannot quarantine and not go to work. You know, we're reopening the company after six months. I have to be there. The children have to go to school, blah, 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 blah. And we woke up 5.30 that morning. And I was like, I really don't want to go. He's like, let's not go. And I thought, no, no, no. Everyone wants to go apart from me. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer. So we went. We get there. Fucking luggage. I was like, I didn't want to come on this fucking holiday. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. I mean... He was like, oh my God, honey, I'm so sorry. I was like, I know you are. I know you are, but I just can't speak right now. I was like, I know. Don't try and be He's like, I would swap with you any, I was like, I know you would because you're so nice. You would take the hit. I mean, who cares if a man doesn't have his luggage, a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. And I was like, I know you would. But I was like, all the people. Was it just your bag? No, and Mimi's. It had loads of other stuff in her bag that we needed for various reasons. And oh my God, you name it, like her. Oh, but she had to swim in a life jacket. Yeah, I mean, it was awful. It was Sunday afternoon when everything's closed in Sicily. So even though Sicily does have Zara's and stuff like that, that was all closed. And our hotel was quite away from the airport. Mm. So there was one shopping center that was basically made Primark look like Harvey Nichols. But they did have a Kiko in there. It was the only brand in there that I knew. I quite like Kiko. Kiko Kiko's great. Kiko's about it. I saw, oh, really when I saw a picture of your makeup, I thought, okay, obviously she had her makeup in her hand luggage because her makeup looked so good. Well, so Kiko, obviously. You said that. I was like, no. People were like, well, what did you have with you? I was like, I had nothing with me. When you travel with three children, in your bag of snacks, their headphones, 
their teddy bear, their... I had nothing in my hand luggage for me other than my book. I mean, that was literally it. I happened to have some earplugs and an eye mask, thank God, in my hand luggage. But, yeah, I went to a Kiko and Kiko is great. Great, really affordable. They do great lip glosses as well. Do they? Yeah. And people say their eyeliners are really good. Oh, wow. I would agree with that. They're very soft. And I bought the most amazing BB cream, which I'm actually wearing today. I liked it so much. I was going to say, is there anything you've kept using? I think that's a testament. There's a really good eyebrow pencil that I'm using. I agree the eyeliner, it's it's, I got a black, which is really soft, which I really like, so it spreads. Yeah, like loads. I bought a really nice brush. I literally spent 60 euros, bought my whole makeup bag in Kiko. Amazing. But you give it the thumbs up. Yeah. I like Kiko. Affordable. It I want to buy everything from there, but like little bits here and there, definitely. Mascaras, we're going back to the basics yes. today. We wrote a feature on tubing mascaras. What is a tubing mascara? So they're the ones that literally like envelop your whole lashes with the whole formulation and then they can be easily removed with warm water. So they kind of like slide off really easy, especially if you find that waterproof mascara, you know, when you try and get that off, it doesn't really work very well. Don't all mascaras envelop all your lashes? They do, but they do, they're not easy to remove. I think it's more like the removal process uh, that's okay. a, a lot more easier with tubing mascaras. So like if you're trying to kind of get it off, you can just use warm water, whereas normally you'd have to use like an eye makeup remover okay. to get it off. And do you have any favourites? So we wrote a list, Adiola, on our favourite tubing mascaras. And they include the Hourglass. Unlocked yeah, I've tried instant. the Hourglass one. I like that one. Do you like that one? Yeah, that one's nice. I love Hourglass. Yeah, it's a nice brand. I've actually got an amazing concealer from Hourglass. It's yeah, like that one's stick. great. Do you know what I mean? The Vanish concealer. It's a clicky stick. Oh no, I haven't tried that one. I've tried the foundation, which is like in a stick, but you can use it as a concealer. That okay. one's lovely. Such a great brand. Yeah. Really so other good. than Pat McGrath, which is obviously your number one. Yes. Which other brands do you rate out of interest? Hourglass, I love. Bobbi Brown, I love. Yeah. Bobbi Brown does some great products, especially foundations. Their foundations are great. I like brands that really look at the skin and the foundation as a focus. Because I feel like with colour, you can play with loads of different brands. It's like you can flirt with different brands, but there's like your bread and butter, good quality brands like yeah. Hourglass, Bobbi Brown, MAC. Yeah. Yeah, they're like my favourites. such a great brand. Yeah, it? exactly. You know, it's a great brand. Their colouring is just incredible. Okay, back onto mascara. We recommended the Hourglass, the Senza. I don't really know that. That was recommended by Mary Greenwell. Yeah, I've never tried that one. Number seven, nice to see something relatively affordable. I have to say, the one thing I really didn't like that I bought from Kiko was the mascara. Oh, okay. Sorry, Kiko. I'm just loving my Gucci mascara. I talked about that with Zoe Taylor. It's just so good. Ico, I mean, they do amazing mascara, right? Yeah. Great eye products. Are there any other mascaras that you really rate that weren't on our list? Yes, but they won't be tubing ones. So I love the Dark Star Mascara by Pat McGrath Labs. That's a great one for lash extension. Okay. And what I love with that one is that the formula sits in between. So like the actual wand. So it's really good for saturating the actual lashes and defining. Um, whereas other mascaras, they actually sit on the brush. So they're really like thickening. Whereas this one really separates, lengthens and gives a lot of volume as well, which I really love. What's your view on these white primers they're great there's one by lancome um i think it's called the lash definicil it's like a white one uh-huh. great if you have very sort of thin lashes that you want to kind of like prime and like bulk up so it gives a bit more of a thickening that's what it yeah does, exactly it? like so you thickens. put the primer on and yeah. then you go straight in with the color exactly yeah straight afterwards so okay. yeah that's a really great one that they do um i think also l'oreal does one they do well. i'm yeah, looking at it really right good. now the l'oreal yeah. paris double extend yeah beauty tubes lengthening mascara so you've mm-hmm. got step one which is the white step two which is yeah. 
the black. They were trying to sell me the white in Kiko. I was like, Look, I got to get this all through BA. I don't need the white, <laughs> the white one right now. But you'd say it's worth doing if you yeah, want to build some volume. If you want to build volume, yeah. I mean, a lot of formulations now are great that you can just have one one that will give you incredible volume. But for some people that have very short, stubby lashes, they need that extra thickening. So that's where a lash primer will come into play, and then going with the mascara afterwards one of our team here georgina blasky who's often on the podcast i mean her eyelashes are so long right now they're actually almost hitting her eyelids and she was saying it's revitalash mm. i was like gee i know everyone knows revitalash and they, i mean the downside is when you stop using it unfortunately it's not a permanent fix yeah. it's oh. also very expensive it's very expensive very, anyway yeah. i just i was just blown away by the length of her lashes lou you've got quite long lashes do you have a favourite mascara? Yeah, I am very loyal to my Chanel. Inimitable, intense. One of my favourite words. Yeah, I have dabbled with new ones, but nothing compares to that for me. So, yeah. Laura? I'm not really loyal. No, I've just gone a bit cheap. I just want something that doesn't fall down my face. Mm. That's yes. all I want. Yes. Becky's just recommended the new Charlotte Tilbury. It's really nice. Yeah. I have to say, they sent me one oh, last me? week and I thought it was excellent. Great. Mm. Of course it's excellent. Charlotte Tilbury. Mm-hmm. Everything's excellent, right? Yeah. yeah, that stuff's great. I mean, what she's achieved, it's just, it's pretty mind-blowing, isn't it? That's how you do it. Egg freezing. Recent statistics have shown the number of women freezing their eggs has soared. It's obviously a way to protect your fertility. I think the thing that a lot of people don't know is that if you leave it too late, they say there isn't much point in doing it because the quality of your eggs diminishes. Yeah. So I was reading it and it was saying that you have to be under the age of 36 because then after that, you kind of, yeah. I remember. The quality of your eggs reduces. Exactly. You were saying you have actually. So I've had, I've done two rounds of IVF and it's the same process. So the egg collection is what you do. So you stimulate your ovaries and then they collect the eggs and then they put them in the freezer. It's just if you're doing IVF, they would then mix it and then freeze the embryo. So it's the same process. You've had two rounds of IVF? Yeah. I thought you'd had one. No, I had Willow and then Bella. And then oh. number three. And then number three. So amazing that, isn't it? Yeah, it's mental. It happens a lot though. I, I know. Just guess your body gets like, you know, getting the engine going. But if you are going through IVF, it's nothing more irritating than people telling you your next one's going to come along that tree. Sorry. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> I can I totally appreciate that. I think though, when I was, I mean, I, I met my husband when I was quite young, so it wasn't really something that I ever had to think about. But I think, as I often say at Sheerlux, I think, these conversations are so important. In a way, I I feel lucky that I met my husband really young. In other way, I mean, gosh, the grass is always greener. What fun to be single in your 20s and not feel mm. the pressure to... I, I was actually chatting to someone I met on holiday and she was in her late 30s and she wasn't married and, and she said, I'm not sure if I want to. And I was like, so, but I'm really happy. And I was like, good for you. You know, we all grow up thinking that there's this stereotype that we have to become Mm. and that that equates to happiness Mm. and if you don't meet that milestone then you don't have a right to be happy and Mm. she Mm. was just this really punchy awesome woman I really liked her and and she's like I love my life and I and I was kind of like good for you so in some ways I sort of look at women who aren't haven't had that sort of not that I had pressure but just didn't do it so early on and living a bit more of an independent life with kind of admiration yeah but equally if you want children, it's so important to know about these things. And I would say knowledge is power. And anyway, Adelaide, I'm looking at you. You're a single gal. I am. Um, you're early 30s. Yes. Under 36. Yeah. How do you feel reading an article like this about the whole egg freezing thing? It was really interesting because I didn't know about how it's actually better to do it the earlier 
you know, like under the age of 36. And I guess when you're single, you know, I'm actively looking and wanting to date. It is in the back of my mind that I do want to have children at some stage, but it's like, well, I still want to have that moment of getting to know someone at the same time, because I feel like the older that you are, there's that pressure that you need to kind of like hurry the process of getting married and having children because you don't have much time left. But at the same time, I actually enjoy the fact that you take your time and get to know someone. And maybe that might take three years before you want to walk down the aisle and have children. We were saying, I had a conversation with a friend the other day, and we feel like evolution needs to sort of catch up with women now because women aren't having babies. I mean, you're most fertile at like 21, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. I remember someone saying having a baby similar time as my friend and her younger sister had got pregnant by mistake and literally at 21 coughed and out came this baby and she exactly. was pregnant. And I said, like, how does that happen? And she said, because her body is so ripe for like childbirth at 21, whereas Completely. we were having to sort of, you know, go yeah. the other way. And it's so difficult because I think, you know, 31, you've made your career and the thought of having a child now probably is quite daunting. It is. But equally, if somebody said to you now to freeze your eggs yeah. and the cost that's involved, that also just feels so enormous. Well, that's another thing. I was even saying to my friend, I said, you know, the older that you get, you get so accustomed to your lifestyle that actually the idea of having kids now is also very, very mm. like nerve wracking because you're so used to doing things at your own disposal, at your own time, that actually having to have children and think about that, you know, let alone even thinking about another person is, you know, mm. really, really tough. But yeah, I think it's really insightful because, again, I didn't realise the whole cost involved with freezing your eggs. Mm. And also the fact that it's not something that you can just do, like, on your lunch break. Like, you have to physically go through as if you were about to have, like, IVF and have yeah. your eggs. It's you a full-on yeah, full full process. process. But I do love it. And it's so, you know, what you say is so right. I love the fact that women are just living their best lives yeah. and having mm. all these opportunities and this freedom and these amazing careers and being able to date and be financially independent and, like, Oh, I think that's so exciting. (laughs) And yeah, it is a shame to feel like the clock's ticking and you have to rush it for the sake of biology. Mm. The only thing that in the piece that we wrote, it said the statistics are that for every 15 eggs collected, one results in a live birth, Mm. which is, I think, really slim because I never, in both my egg collections, I never had collected 15 eggs. So I, However, so, do you not imagine that most people, and this is purely speculative because we don't know, I would have thought the average age of egg collecting is probably pretty high because I imagine, sure. I imagine that a lot of people get to, they're probably, they're quite late thirties and think, shit, yeah, shit, I haven't met anyone and mm. I don't, I don't, you know, I need to deal with this now and therefore probably the quality diminishes yeah true maybe i don't know that would just be my kind of assumption do you know anyone who's done it i know i don't but i do know someone who has had a child on their own at 40 and so do i i'm so i do too i think you've got to have i was talking to a friend about this i think you've got to have an amazing support network and you've got to be financially stable Mm. because children are freaking expensive and you need some childcare if you're going to work, you know. Yeah. I think those are the two factors. But like, yeah, I know a few people who've done it. I think it's amazing. I it's going to happen amazing. more and more and more. Amazing, amazing. And you're so right, Laura. I think like this is the way that generations are, are going. And, you know, careers are so much more important to, mm. to women in time. And the fact that there are these opportunities, unfortunately, just comes at a huge cost. So I don't know what the future for that is. Mm. But it's education, um, isn't it? Now yeah. you've got to do it earlier. Yeah. Later. Also, I, I I was saying to someone the other day, you know, being a mother is it's not for everybody, but it, it is from where I am. It's the most incredible thing. You can meet a man at any point. At some point, in your body you're going to hit the menopause, and it's not going to be possible. So, 
if you're just waiting for a man, there are other ways to skin a cat. You can yeah. meet you can meet a man afterwards, and you probably will. Like, yeah, because actually, I do you're remember waiting. when when I was doing mine, and I know it's the same in pregnancy, but over thirty five, you're classified as a geriatric <laughs> mother. I mean, it's a, a more offensive word. I just thought it was so <laughs> offensive. However, I know somebody who had a baby in lockdown, and she said the average first time mother in the Chelsea and Westminster is 37. That doesn't surprise me. So I thought that was great. I thought I thought that was a really positive thing for women. And she is about to be 40. She just had her third child. She said, oh God, because I'm a bit older. Mm. And they went, no, you're not. The average first time mother in mm. here is 37. So yeah, I think actually the national average for 2019 was 32, which is also amazing. Interesting. Yeah. I think the age of mothers will only get older yeah. as we... Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. But then weirdly, puberty's getting younger isn't it mm. puberty's coming quicker i think they say children now are going through puberty on average a year earlier than than Why we is were that? I, don't, I think something to do with evolution god don't know i'm out of my depth on this topic <laughs> i have to say all i know is that i've got a nine-year-old and it's it's coming <laughs> uh we can talk about fashion fertility to fashion charlotte wrote a piece on the three word rule we know the rules always take one thing off or the one-to-one rule otherwise known as sandwich dressing love a bit of sandwich dressing i do i'm a real sandwich dresser laura you're a sandwich dresser dresser. but this rule was about the three word rule it's part of a new series that charlotte's working on and lou can you expand on Exactly what it is. So the three word rule is basically three key words. They can be anything for any individual that you want your outfit and your look and your style to convey. And the idea being that every time you get dressed or you're looking to buy something, you kind of say those three words to you. And if it ticks the box, then great. If not, change something, add something and make it work for you. It's such a good rule to live by, I think. I love I feel like it makes it more mindful. Like you're really making sure that you're thinking about your choices with fashion. Yeah. So I was thinking of my mindful Yeah, what are words. yours, actually? Like, you always look so gorgeous. What are yours? I would say classic. Yeah. Chic and yeah. elegant. I think that's my three can, words. Can I say one thing I said to Charlotte? I said, so this new series went into the calendar. And I think I said to you, Laura, or you, Lou, I said, is this series going to be the same rule every week? And we ask different women what their three words are. I was like, I think everyone's going to say classic, chic, cool. Or is it we break down a rule, a different rule every time? Just like we break down a different rule every time. So anyway, I liked your three words, but I'd probably say the same. Laura? I like the idea for shopping, but I feel like me looking in the mirror each time I get dressed being like, tick, tick, tick. (laughs) Well done, me. I've nailed it. I just can't picture myself doing that. Lou? I don't I think, I actually really like it. And I think also if you have a signature style, like some people are maybe a little bit more experimental with yeah, their look sure. or they kind of have variations of their style. But I think if you do have a signature, and you know, someone else will say, oh, that's so you. There's a reason why it's so whoever. Yeah. And I think often it is because there's kind of word association yeah. or, or style, whatever. So I, and I think maybe if you're lacking a bit of, wardrobe inspiration and you feel like you just wear the same thing over and over again then I think it is quite good to sort of kickstart your style maybe going into a new season and not just wear something that you kind of always do what you always put together um, and I think if you're somebody that is quite all over like I think we're all sitting in the room we all you know like fashion and into fashion it's a part of our everyday lives I think there are probably other people who who feel like they they would love to streamline their look a little bit more mm. and have a bit more of a kind of 
imprint yeah dna and they're kind of look i think for those people if they feel like god one day i'm the rainbow another yeah. day if, if that's your bag and you like mixing it up great but if there are others who sort of consciously want yeah. to make some changes then i guess it is a good or checklist. perhaps maybe for your working wardrobe if you kind of you need to convey certain things and i think it's a good yeah reminder i guess um, yeah i like it's a nice reminder that yeah. where's my bit unsure. of where's my bit of cool where's yeah. my bit of yeah. edge where's my there's got to be something in there exactly that... and and it could be as simple as okay like it's these shoes i just need to change the shoes or i need to add like a statement earring or so whatever. what's yours mine again very sorry of course I, <laughs> <laughs> I do also have something though french where i um caroline demagre did a video once and she said when you look at yourself in a mirror don't look at your face just look at the outfit because, oh my god yeah. so true isn't it because otherwise i think you not judging your outfit you're judging that spot your or your dirty hair yeah, exactly. or, or your whatever or how well annoyed. you've applied your makeup or your hair yeah. do you know shit. she also said something else which has stuck with me forever that the older she gets she has to iron her clothes because her face is more wrinkly Yes, and I, I thought it was that. so true. I was like, she's like, before she could get away with a creased t-shirt because her face didn't have the lines, but you now can't have lines on your face and your clothes. So she always wears That's an iron hilarious. shirt. Yeah. So I true. I say that unironed clothes is not okay. I but, love an iron. Oh my God, love an iron. An yes. iron t-shirt is nothing better than getting oh, an iron t-shirt. Oh, well, an iron clothes. Anyway, it's pet peeve. Um, we're going to talk about rental on the subject of fashion. So would, I'm, I'm just come, I'm back in the room. I had to stop and go to Lou. So that person who said, could I last a three-hour flight without getting to the loo? Obviously not. <laughs> I can last a podcast without getting to the loo. Uh, and what did I miss? Laura I had a lot of laughter yeah, from the Laura loo. and I were just talking about age and what age you think you are. And at the moment, I keep saying I'm the year older than I am because I keep thinking about my life next year because this year is basically a write-off. Me so. too. I keep telling people I'm a 40-year-old woman. I'm like, I'm not 40. I know. What am I doing? And, and you did the same yeah. when you said you I'm were like, older I'm than I'm 33 and I'm like, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you did as well. Yeah. Anyway, we were talking about... The this is 40, which is one of my favorite films. It's one of the few films I've seen in the cinema and I've actually nearly wet myself from laughter. It is that funny. Is it, so how got, can we find it? Would it be on like Amazon it will be, or something? Yeah, it'll be on Amazon or Netflix. Anyway, it's got... Is Paul, it trash? Paul Rudd. It's, no, it's not trash. It's, it's just hilarious. It's um, the same writer... Knocked up or something. Knocked or... up, exactly. The same writer behind that. Oh. Yeah, anyway, what the main character, she's about to turn 40 and she lies at her age having a gynecologist appointment <laughs> and he says that he can tell the age of her by the rings. <laughs> It's brilliant and it's really watch it with your husbands. It'll ring true, I'm sure. With your husbands? Yeah, definitely. Okay. On the subject of lying about your age, I had some friends who went on holiday this summer and she went to check her children into kids' club and she got to kids' club and they said, the minimum age is four. How old's your daughter? It's your daughter four. She went, yeah, yeah, she's four. And the woman said, so what's her date of birth? And she was thinking, shit, shit, shit. Well, my middle child's that age. So she went, "Um, the second of the eighth um, 2016 she went oh so she's literally just turned four last week <laughs> she's yeah just last week <laughs> just last week <laughs> apparently her eldest son came out of the kids club later and went straight up to the little girl and said how old are you trying to three and a half <laughs> oh no I've done that though anyway I laughed but she said she came out of the kids club went back to her husband's age and went right I've just li- I've just had to lie to the kids club. he's like what did you do that for <laughs> Because they've got up on this reception. <laughs> Hilarious. So when I was on holiday and I went along to Kiss Club and I was filling in the date of birth, I was laughing to myself. <laughs> I mean, how awkward. She's like, they knew so well that I was lying. She's like, yeah, the party was amazing. Bouncy castles, entertainers. Oh, anyway. sweet. <laughs> anyway, back to fashion. Rentals. 
I feel like God, coronavirus, sustainability. I feel like everyone's a bit more mindful as a consumer. Maybe the message is just eventually getting through or we're just realising that life is delicate, planet is delicate and we need to be more responsible and you know plastic bags and you know oh there's there's been the a David lot of Attenborough program that was on last night oh what was that extinction I actually didn't watch all of it after my nightmare day but I heard people were just crying after it's just terrifying it's the state of our world and, <gasps> yeah. oh yeah god but it will highlight exactly this point oh really mm. god I didn't know I should watch it mm. it's depressing watching that kind of thing really mm. depressing I listened to a podcast with the Duchess of York talking about water and just how the, the world's going to run out of water. And mm. I just I thought, God, anyway. Extinction, BBC One, I imagine. Yeah. Okay. Good thing to watch with, one, with one's children. Although I feel like we are bringing up a generation that's way more aware of so the much. planet. Yeah. My children are always pulling me up saying, Mummy, don't buy a plastic water bottle. You, you know, they're, they're really on it, which is mm. great. Anyway, what the point I was making was vintage, buying pre-loved. There's a real boom. And actually, I remember... Seven years ago, when I started shit out, there were quite a lot of rental businesses. And then, and none of them really made it, but I feel like they're back now. And there's her, isn't there? I think there's something called My Wardrobe. There's Cocoon, which is a handbag rental site. Uh, Lou, how exactly does that one work? So, Cocoon is a handbag subscription service. So, obviously, like some of the other rental sites, where you can hire a product for a day, a week. This is a monthly subscription, which I think is such a fantastic idea because not only is it a great sustainable angle, but also handbags are so expensive these days. Yeah, Gone are the days like where you could crazy. get something for five, six hundred. Well, you can, but does you know those designer labels now? They are all upward of probably fifteen hundred, which is extortionate. I mean, Saint Laurent nudging two grand these yeah, days. It's I mean, crazy. So I think this is such a good way also to be able to try before you buy and you've got a month of, of using it a handbag I don't think is something where you sort of you just wear it once so I think I would want to have it for a month to really test it out see if it works for you with your wardrobe and the size of it and the fabric of it and what you like and I think this is such an incredible platform so um, it's a subscription service so you're yeah. locked in so exactly. you're committing to it for yeah a year or whatever it is and there's three tiers between 49 and 99 pounds depending on the types of bags that you want to be accessible to so there's contemporary brands like wandler up to chanel and they've got yeah they've got bottega on there yeah there's pretty much and and i think also there's kind of really hot bags where there's insane wait list for it's a great way to be able to sort of hop on the trend bandwagon but not Mm. be parting with thousands and thousands of pounds yeah i think i think we've just got to readjust our mindsets as consumers i think it'll be really interesting sort of looking forward i mean we've got our heads around it with dresses i think to events and the fact that you buy a dress to a wedding yeah. and there's a big group you don't necessarily want to although i'm actually so okay with wearing the same dress again if it's something i love and i feel yeah. good in yeah but i do think just as a consumer as consumers, we're all going to change. Yeah. We have, Although, it, Georgie, we've often talked about when you see yourself in a dress on video or in lots of photos, then you start to, I, know. I don't know, it's kind of slightly ruins the relationship we have with it. Yeah. You kind of want to keep it private. I know, doing our job, I sort of, I quite often buy something new and I'll wear it and I'm like, oh, I feel like the whole world's seen that seen now. It, I don't yeah. really love wearing it so much, but... Anyway, I think if you love something, you've got to keep wearing it. Adiola, are you, well, where do you stand on buying pre-loved, on rental sites? On I think this idea is great, especially because there are certain it bags that are just nice for the season and you just want to be seen wearing it for that season and you don't want to always keep it. So like the Bottega bags are so expensive. So expensive. 
And I wouldn't be able to justify spending that amount of money, but I might just want to be seen, you know, having it for an event and then just knowing that I can have it for a month and then go yeah. on to the next bag. I think it's an yeah. amazing idea. I know. You're not partying with too. too much money. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool, Laura, you're in? Yeah, definitely. I need to be better. I think. <laughs> mm. I know. I know. Yeah, I think it's just, it's just a, it's a whole different mindset. Yeah. Mm. Cars, dogs, husbands, yes. <laughs> children now there's a thought uh maybe that's my next business idea anyway on that note i think we're going to call it a day thank you so much ladies thank you adiola thank you for having me lovely to have you that's it for this week if you enjoyed that then do please rate review subscribe tell your friends and we will be back soon thanks very much bye-bye